You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. if Jonathan had never stepped out in faith, he would have never found this strategic place. Because this was the perfect place that they could overlook and see the Philistines. It was the perfect place that they could launch their attack. Their great attack. Two of them. Two of them. This great attack that they were going to have. God guided Jonathan because he was boldly trusting in him. He was boldly trusting in him and acting out that trust. This is what God wants from us. How many opportunities do you think you might have missed out on because you didn't step out in faith? While taking that step can definitely be scary at times, it's one of the most common ways we can see God move in our lives. As Pastor Dave will teach you in his message today, stepping out in faith is crucial in your walk. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13 as he continues his message, Ventures in Faith. What a wonderful conversation I had with him. He had this operation, and it was an incredible operation. And now you should hear him talk. I said, John, we're going to do something. He said, yeah, let's go. He said, man, it's so exciting. It was such a wonderful thing to talk to. He actually said to me, all these years I've been, been melancholy. I've been wondering why the Lord left me here, and he took my wife. Now I know I'm supposed to be here. It was a wonderful thing. This is what God can use. God takes a heart like this and things happen. That's Jonathan's heart tonight. That's Jonathan's heart. But we get so easily sidetracked. We get caught up in something other than God's plan and we end up on the shelf. God has to put us there until we realize it's not about me. And when you finally realize it's not about you, it has to be about God, things change. Things start to change. This is a corrupt society. And there's only one purpose, and that's so we can be used by God. I don't want to waste my life on any other purposes but be doing what God wants me to do. There's only one real purpose, and that's what God wants me to do. To be a servant of God. To do his will. In order that he might do his work through me and show his power. I don't want the glory. I I don't want glory. I want him to get glory. I want him to be exalted. It's no coincidence that this week's message is entitled, The Way Up is Down. And when we're talking about John the Baptist saying, he must increase and I must decrease. It's no coincidence. God's looking for those people. I want to be that kind of person. I want this church to be that kind of church. I want this church to be on such fire that the spirit just oozes out of you and hearts are touched. This is the kind of man Jonathan was. This is the kind of man Jonathan was. The Israelites were in a military conflict where victory from all outward appearances seemed impossible. There's no way they could have got a victory. They were outnumbered. There were vast military technology against them with chariots and stuff like that. Yet Jonathan is bold enough to go over to Philistine garrison just to see what the Lord wants to do. 
I think the Lord wants to do something today. I love that. Man, I want to wake up tomorrow and go, I think the Lord wants to do something today. What do you want to do, Lord? What do you want to do? So Jonathan steps out in faith. He wants to see what the Lord is able to do. Jonathan probably laid awake all night long. He was offended by these guys. He calls them uncircumcised. He was offended by these guys. How dare they? How dare they come down and take over? How dare they do this to my Israelites, my people, God's people? He knows about that. We're all discouraged. We're all hiding in holes and caves and behind flowers and stuff like that. We're all afraid. I wonder if he was lying there. He thought about Shamgar. Shamgar. I wonder if that went through his mind. Shamgar, Shamgar. He probably knew the scriptures. You remember when we studied Judges 3? Shamgar killed 600 Philistines with a sharp stick. Remember that? Jonathan thought, well, you know what? If God can use Shamgar, he can use anybody. He can use me. He can use me. As Jonathan thought more and more about it, he considered that there was one, no way the Lord was going to forsake Israel. There was no way. Sure, the odds were great against them, but God was greater than the odds. God is greater than the odds. God had promised to do great things from Israel. You remember Leviticus 26, 8? Five of you shall chase a hundred. A hundred of you put the 10,000 to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. This is a promise to Israel. He had won great victories against great odds. Remember Gideon? Remember Gideon? 10,000 showed up. Gideon, you got too many. Excuse me? You got too many. I beg your pardon. Ended up with 300 middle-aged bald guys. 300 middle-aged bald guys took them all out. How about Samson? God gave this land to Israel, not the Philistines. Could God do it? Yes, he could. Why not? He could do it today. And Jonathan said, why won't he use me? See, that should be our motto. God wants to save everybody in this entire world. But this is our Jerusalem right here. This is our place where we're looking at. God wants to save everybody around us, everybody around you, everybody in this area. God's will is that none would perish. Why wouldn't he want to use us? Why wouldn't he want to use us? <laughs> In verse 2 of 14, Jonathan's father Saul is sitting under a pomegranate. He's in a hammock eating bonbons. He's sitting under a pomegranate with 600 guys. He's just hanging there. You know what he's doing? I can tell you exactly what he's doing. And I'm going to pick on you. He's doing the exact thing some of you are doing. I'm waiting for the Lord to act. I'm waiting for the Lord to act. No, the Lord wants to use you. The Lord's waiting for you to say, I think the Lord wants to do something today. I'm going to witness to this person today. I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm going to witness to this person today, Jesus Christ. I'm going to love this person that's unlovable. I'm going to go here and do this. I'm going to go here and do that, because I think the Lord's doing that. That's what he's waiting for. How many of you have a car? Yeah. Most of us nowadays have power steering, right? You ever try to turn into a car wheel when the car's off? Reminds me of the old cars. That's the way they used to be, right? Without power steering, man. You got to have strong arm for those. But what happens when the power's on? Right? When we start to move, God can use us a lot better than we are standing still. When we start to move, God will show you. God will show you. God will show you. He will show you where to go. He will show you what to do. He will even give you the words to say. God will show you. Now, we want him to say, okay, Dave, go down the corner, five blocks, take a right, go down there, there's a house that's purple, go knock on that door. And that's where this person in there really needs help and he wants to see you. 
God doesn't usually say that. He usually says, go down the street. And as you're walking down the street, follow him in faith, then he gives you more directions. Then he starts to lead you and he guides you. This is what's happening with Jonathan and his armor bearer. It's great. What's interesting about that group of names there with Saul in verses 2 and 3, the only thing that sticks out, I don't know why those names are there, I guess to tie our tongues who try to teach it, but the name Ichabod. Who remembers what the name Ichabod meant back in Judges? Or actually it was Samuel, I think. Yeah, it was Samuel. What would the name Ichabod mean? It meant God's departed. God's glory has departed. Is it there? Is he there? Was that mentioned? Because the glory of God had departed Saul? Don't know. That's the only thing I could make of it. It's there for some reason. We really don't know. So he can't, it seems. So Jonathan and his armor bearer begin this trek through the rocks toward the Philistine garrison. And on his way, Jonathan sees something that only a military man would notice. He sees two extremely sharp rocks. Two extremely sharp rocks, one on either side, and they have to go through these sharp rocks. And it's interesting, they have names. One is Bozes, which means glistening, and the other one is Senna, which means thorny. Sometimes we've got to make our way through the glistening and thorny. You know what I mean? We've got to ease our way through the glistening and thorny to get to the reward on the other side. Thorny just stick it out there. That's, you know, we've got to do that. Sometimes we have to. It's difficult. Jonathan passed between them, him and his armor bearer. They passed between them. I believe if Jonathan had never stepped out in faith, he would have never found this strategic place because this was the perfect place that they could overlook and see the Philistines. It was the perfect place that they could launch their attack, their great attack, two of them. Two of them, this great attack that they were going to have. God guided Jonathan because he was boldly trusting in him. He was boldly trusting in him and acting out that trust. This is what God wants from us. We have to step out in faith and then he guides us. Look at Jonathan's words in verse 8. Look at these words of faith in verse 8. No, I lied, verse 6. Verse 6, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come, Let's go over to the garrisons of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. I love that. I love that. Now the question is, do you believe it? Do you really believe that? You know, there's a lot of books written about how big is your God. I just take a place where God is bigger than the boogeyman because that's what it says in Veggie Tales. And Larry the Tomato has a great song about God is bigger than the boogeyman. And I believe that. God is greater. We often feel that God is somehow restrained. We often feel that he's restrained. We often think about that. The only thing that could be restrained is God is our unbelief. That's the only thing that strains God is our unbelief. In Matthew 13, 58, it says that one time in Jesus' ministry, he said, he did not do many works because of their unbelief in his own hometown. He didn't do a lot of things because of their unbelief. God's power is never restrained, but his will may be restrained by our unbelief. We may choose not to act until we partner with him in trust. God had partnered with Jonathan. God wants to partner with you. God wants to partner with you and move forward. Notice where Jonathan had his emphasis. He had little faith in himself, but he had faith in a great big God. He had faith in a great big God. It wasn't, come on, armor bearer, I can win this victory. Come on over there, I can do this. No. It was God can win this great victory, even though three, I'm small. 
Once again, F.B. Meyer, quote, He had the smallest possible faith in himself and the greatest faith in God. His soul waited for the Lord. In him was centered all his hope, and from his gracious help he expected great things. All he aspired was to be humble, a humble vehicle which would be the delivering grace of which God could work. He humbled himself before the mighty hands of the Lord, and the Lord raised him up. The Lord lifted him up. Let's see if the Lord will do something. Maybe the Lord wants to speak to you today. Maybe he's asking you to step out in faith tonight. You would be amazed at what happens. I just told you there are a lot of ministry opportunities here at Calvary Chapel. There's going to be ministry opportunities come all summer long. All summer long we're going to have ministry opportunities. We're in the process of setting some up, even tomorrow. There's going to be ministry opportunities. Step out in faith. That's what we do here at Calvary Chapel. Somebody comes to me and says, you know what? We want to have a soup program. Okay, let's have it. So we had a soup program. Didn't work all that great, so we closed it down. Next year, somebody said, we should reopen the soup program. Okay, we open it up. Why? Because I want to step out in faith and see what God wants to do. I don't know what God wants to do unless we step out in faith and ask it. Unless we step out in faith, you'll be amazed. Now, Jonathan decided that he was going to see if God was really in this, and this is important. This is not a fleece. This is different than Gideon. Gideon set out a fleece, and the different reason it's different is Gideon had God's word that he was going to do something, and Gideon tested God to see if his word was true. Jonathan was just testing to see if the Lord was going to do this, and that's why they call it faith. He was stepping out in faith and wanted to see if it would happen, and that's what it says in, in verses 7 through 10. So his armor-bearer said to him, Do that all that's in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, Wait until we come up, then we will stand still in our place and not go to them. But if thus they say, Come to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. Not a fleece. He's testing whether God is in it. And that's what we need to do. And that's why the soup program was only open for so long. We were testing whether to see if God was in it. And he was to an extent, but it wasn't the fruit that we thought it might be. It didn't help us. So we closed it down. I would love to see some sort of a soup program. I would love to see some sort of a program where we feed people and help people out. Hence the food pantry. We started taking clothes. Clothes really hasn't materialized. People aren't coming after the clothes. We still have people coming after the food, so we're keeping the food pantry open. We're taking these baby steps of faith. As they come to the Philistines, one of the Philistine soldiers says, hey, come on up to us. Oh, yeah, if they said that, we're going to get them. We got them now. If they say those words, we know the Lord has delivered them in my hand. That's how we operate here at Calvary Chapel. That's how we operate. We don't hang on the programs. I could have kept that food, that soup kitchen open for a long time. But that's what the religious box is all about because then it would become a tradition. <laughs> got to have a food soup program because it's tradition. Yeah. We got to have service this way. Tradition. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you can't change anything. Tradition. No, that's the religious box. Step out in faith and see what happens. Take a chance. See what happens. Now let me ask you a question. Can you step out in faith and fail? In whose eyes? Whose eyes? I can walk out and fail in my eyes. But what's the only thing that pleases God? Faith. 
So if I step out in faith, and even if I fail, God is still pleased because I took the chance and stepped out in faith. The only thing that pleases God is faith. That's what it says, right? It may look like failure to human standards. Be surprised what God can do. I had a, you know real well that I had a Bible study in Upper Township for one whole year, 50 weeks, every single Sunday night at a person's house in Upper Township. I thought it was going to turn into a Calvary Chapel. Bob Lambert was down here. I was in Upper Township in Marmora. We would meet back and forth all the time. I had over 40 people attending a Bible study the entire 50 weeks. The entire We went through the book of Genesis. There are 50 chapters in Genesis. We went through a chapter a night. I actually did a chapter a night. You can bank on it. We went through 50 chapters in one. And I thought it was going to turn into something. I thought the Lord was going to make it into a church. Wasn't the Lord's plan. Wasn't the Lord's plan. I used to pray, Lord, this is your, this is your study. You can do whatever you want with it. I never thought he'd close it. But he did. But he did. But the fruit that came out of that, the fruit that came out of that was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. We need to step out in faith. We want to be led by the Spirit. Remember Paul? The Apostle Paul. We're going to Bithynia. Spirit said, uh-uh. Well, then we're going to Asia. Uh-uh. Paul was led by the Spirit. He went where the Spirit led him. He followed the Spirit. He didn't force his way into Asia. This is the Apostle Paul, writer of the two-thirds of the entire New Testament. Probably one more souls than we could ever think about. He didn't force his way into Asia. He didn't force his way to Bithynia. The Spirit said, no, you can't go there. And look what happened. He went to Macedonia, Philippi, Corinth, and all those, Ephesus, all those wonderful places. We need to follow the Spirit. Look at the results of Jonathan's faith. Look at 12 to 15. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan as armor bearer and said, hey, come up to us and we'll show you something. Jonathan, I can imagine that, the smile on Jonathan's face. I can imagine when he looked at his armor bearer and said, you got to be kidding me. And he said, let's go. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. He knew that God was going to have his victory. And he said, let's go. And they went up there. They climbed up with his hands and knees and his armor bearer behind him. His armor bearer killed 20 of them. The first slaughter which Jonathan his armor bearer made was about 20 men. And then they had this earthquake, and this thing continues going. We're going to read the rest of the chapter next week to see this great victory that Jonathan performs. But they stepped out in faith. They stepped out in faith, and God was victorious. God was victorious. It's an excellent and exciting thing to give God a chance to work. If you step out in faith and say, God, what do you want to do? Every week, every week when I'm back there in our semi-green room, whatever you want to call it, and the worship team is worshiping, I'm back there praying, and I say to the Lord, Lord, these are your children. These are your saints. These are your sheep. I know with confidence that you want to speak to them today. You want to use your word to impart a truth into their lives. Now, I don't know what it's going to be, Lord. It might be encouragement. It might be reproof. It might be rebuke. I don't know what it's going to be. But, Lord, for some reason, Lord, and this is the one where we don't agree upon because I think you're a little bit off on this one. You've chose me to deliver it. But, Lord, I'm here. Here I am. Use me to deliver your word. I don't want to come up here 
without him. I don't want to come up here on my own and give you what I think, because you don't need to know what Dave thinks. Really, you don't need to know what I think, but you need to know what the Lord thinks. You need to know what he wants, and he's asking of you. And right now, he's asking this church to step out in faith. He's asking this church to buckle up and get ready for a summer that's going to be so exciting. A summer with the possibilities are going to be endless, and we're going to see mass quantities of people come to the Lord. That's not even in my notes. Mass quantities of people. Things are going to happen. I know it. That's why we're studying these things right now. If Jonathan and his armor bearer had not followed God's lead, they probably would have been killed. Don't be a Saul. Don't sit around in a hammock eating bonbons under a pomegranate tree waiting for God to move you. No. We pray, and as we pray, the Lord will speak to us and show us something. As you're constantly in contact with him, the Lord will show you something. The guy over there looks, looks lonely. Go talk to him. Go speak to him. He needs to hear Christ. There are a million examples of where these things have happened. A million examples of where these things have happened and people have come to the Lord because of them. Because their heart was primed and their heart was right and you were pushed by God and sent by God and led by his Holy Spirit and you got there at that time and God did a marvelous work in their heart. Pray and seek the Lord. We listen for the Spirit's nudging and then we step out in faith. Jonathan stood at the door of this great battle, but he waited before he knew that, so he knew it was the Lord. He didn't force his way into the battle. He didn't force his way into the camp. Maybe tonight you're at a place or a crossroads, so to speak, and you think the Lord is telling you or has been telling you for a while, step out in faith. And you've been kind of resistant. You've been kind of resilient. You've been kind of thinking, well, I don't know if it's you or not tonight. Well, pray and wait. Maybe you're nervous and you're asking the question to yourself, what if it doesn't work? As long as you're doing it for the Lord, who cares? As long as you're doing it for the Lord, who cares? It doesn't matter because you'll never fail when you step out in faith in God's eyes. You will never fail when you step out in faith in God's eyes. The Lord has graciously promised to close doors that no man can open, and he's promised to open doors no man can close. If the Lord be for us, who can be against us? That is the mindset we have to have, and I'm going to challenge you all summer long to do this because there's things that are coming up where we can be witnesses for Christ in this community. We need to be prepared. We need to be Jonathan's and and his armor bearer. Some of you might be saying, well, if they didn't have any swords, remember my boy back, royalty had swords. It said so in the scripture. Royalty had swords. Saul and Jonathan had swords. Let's be Jonathan. Let's be Jonathan. Amen. You are We're so glad you joined Pastor Dave Shank today for A Sure Hope. This study in 1 Samuel has been taking you further into God's process of fulfilling promises. 
and it may not look like you'd always want it to. God gave a promise to David when he was young and unequipped to handle the magnitude of what was to come. God still gave him a glimpse to the future though, and we walked with David to help him grow and learn. God's plan included trials along with victories, but he was faithful to David throughout. Right now in our country, we are facing a trial never before experienced. Don't fear, God is as faithful to you now as he was to David. He will bring you through, and you can lean on Him for strength and comfort in the waiting. We'd encourage you to read ahead in 1 Samuel and discover for yourself how God works life out, and let Him encourage you through it. How can we be praying for you during this 1 Samuel study and during this unusual time in history? Please give us a call and let us know at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We are pleased to be able to bring you teachings from God's Word on each edition of Assure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of 1 Samuel, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to Assure Hope.